we've kind of overcomplicated fitness and strength training and everything a lot. And you don't really need that much. I've always trained fairly minimally. I've always been a, you know, garage gym lifter, you know, back when I started strongman, like you had to drive two plus hours to go train the stuff and you pretty much had to make your own stuff to do it. So you kind of get used to modifying things. That's not been a problem. Welcome to the Barbend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to StartingStrongman.com founder, Kale Beck. Kale's been competing in the sport of strongman and covering the sport and coaching clients for over a decade. And he knows a thing or two about training at home without access to a bunch of fancy equipment. That includes training with minimal equipment or even making your own. In today's episode, we talk about strategies for staying strong when you might not have access to your normal gym and how that applies to both strongman athletes and strength athletes in general. I do want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barband Podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get to it. Kale Beck, thanks so much for joining us on the Barband Podcast for a second time under very different circumstances. First thing I have to ask is social distancing. How are you holding up in Tennessee now? I mean, it's hard for me to complain. I, I have it set up pretty good here. It doesn't really affect my life too much because I work from home and I have for six years and I'm used to it. And, you know, we just bought a property out here with three acres on it. So it's pretty easy to social distance and you have plenty of room around you. It's not like you in New York City, um, which I'm pretty sure where you live. Like, you know, yeah. I, you know, I, I can't, it, it, you know, it still affects your life and it's weird. It's like, we're just knowing you don't want to go to the store, go get my haircut or, or whatever. But it's hard for me to complain because as far as everything, I have it about as good as someone can. That's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, well, he also has a mini horse, right? He does. So is that, is that, okay. So I have to ask about that. It's something you've been posting. Uh, not only are you the founder of startingstrongman.com and one of the most prominent voices in the strongman community, something a lot of people didn't know about you until recently, you own a miniature horse. Yeah. My, my wife's a professional equestrian. Uh, she, you know, did hunter jumper, like, basically jump horses over things, uh, for a long time. And I grew up with horses and we adopted him, uh, Willow, the little mini horse. Oh, like seven, six, seven years ago, he was at the SPCA and, you know, it was, uh, when life was a lot simpler, there's no kids and, you know, I, I think I had just uh, lost my job, which we talked about in the last, last podcast. And she, she said, Hey babe, look. And I went, okay. You know, like I think we, we, we hadn't even been together for like a year. We weren't even married at that point. And I li- you know, we lived in a house in California back then that had a little bit of property and didn't think that was going to change. So I said, sure, why not get a miniature horse? Um, and he's been great. We, uh, he ended up becoming like a, best friends with our American bulldog, which we also rescued from the SBCA, um, after, and, uh, they pretty much grew up together and they play and you can follow along. And there's some videos of them at a puppy and his pony on Instagram. And, you know, it's, it, 
we had to move into the city for a bit and couldn't keep them at home. And that's, you know, it's not the reason I moved to Tennessee, but it's a big factor because you could kind of reunite everyone. And it's been, you know, four years since I've had him living with us because he is just a pet and it, it feels really good to have him back. Well, that's awesome. And I have to say, you you recently moved to Cookville, Tennessee. Did you moving there reduce or raise the average fitness level in that town? Oh, probably, probably reduce it. Just, I don't, my training's horrible right now. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm having a hard time getting a, you know, a handle on how to mix my clients, my business, a toddler that won't sleep and everything, and then, you know, still fit in what I have to do. I was getting a good handle on it. Then we had all this craziness where, you know, you get in a good rhythm on how I update all my clients' workouts and everything. And now it's just like, Hey, I have a one kettlebell that I bought, you know, six years ago and still has the, the, you know, the label on it and a jump rope and a band. And how, how can you modify my training? And I can, but it, it makes it a lot less routine than like, you know, sitting down and uh, you know, they have a contest coming up that has Atlas stones and a log and farmer's walk, et cetera. And they have all that stuff and you kind of know how to progress that. And, you know, I want to do my best to accommodate my clients and have them do it, but it definitely created a lot more work this past week. Definitely. And what are some of the main issues you're seeing as far as clients coming to you and being like, Hey, I have minimum equipment and you know, I, I want to keep up my, my progress. What are some of the first issues you're helping them overcome? I think it's just keeping it inner in, you know, kind of entertaining and a little different. Cause I, I think if anything, this, this is teaching us all is that we've, kind of overcomplicated uh, fitness and strength training and everything a lot. And you don't really need that much. I've always trained fairly minimally. I've always been a, you know, garage gym lifter, you know, back when I started strongman, like you had to drive two plus hours to go train the stuff and you pretty much had to make your own stuff to do it. So you kind of get used to modifying things. So that's not a bit of a problem. Um, but just kind of keeping everyone's, uh, you know, they're upset. A lot of people get going to the gym for a social reason. I never understood that point of it, but that's the reason a lot of people do. And, you know, they like doing different things. I think that's one of the reasons why CrossFit is so popular because you're constantly doing different things and strongman's pretty varied. So, you know, I can't just tell them to do like three sets of 10 push ups and uh, some band uh, press downs every day, even though they'd probably be fine, you know, while this goes on, but just keeping it interesting. And uh, just, you know, and, and varied a bit. And, you know, we are going to learn just uh, how to kind of keep things back to normal and make it interesting. Like there's just, it's easier just to load up a barbell and get progress. And, you know, you kind of have to go back a bit and think about different body weight variations and, and getting creative. And, you know, it's, I think it's making a lot of uh, trainers out there, um, you know, kind of go back to the roots a little bit. What are some of the main kind of household implements that you think folks can use if they have no equipment or very minimal equipment to, you know, as weighted implements or as accessories to kind of stimulate or make their body weight training a, a little harder? I mean, I picked up my bulldog and did like stones with him, he, but he, he actually likes that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask if you used, if you used Willow, the mini horse, how much does, how much does Willow weigh? Uh, I, I'm still working up to that. He, I've, tr I tried to years ago. Uh, he's, he's probably like, you know, 
250, 300 pounds. Um, I really wanted to, to try to pick him up for photos back in the day, but you know, he, he's, he's not as cooperative as Domino, my bulldog, who's about 80 pounds. <laughs> I, I didn't get him young enough to like, kind of do that whole, what was it? Milo, uh, you know, where you carry the bull, oh. like from a calf. We, we didn't quite adopt him when he was that young where I, I got him used to it. So he won't let me. Right. The, the origins of progressive overload, you get an animal when it's young, you carry it up a hill, and as it gets older and bigger, you get stronger because you carry it up the hill every day, right? Yeah, and right now I just have to walk him down to his hill, and I, I'm out of breath the whole day. It's a pretty steep hill <laughs> to go down, so that, that would have that definitely worked. But yeah, just, you know, even, you know, everyone went and bought stuff in bulk. If you got like a, a big bag of dog food from Costco or whatever, you can make your life pretty horrible just carrying that back and forth and doing some squats in between, doing some uh, kind of like a good morning or like simulating a stone load. You can press it, you can row it. Uh, and what I've, I had a couple of clients do is, you know, like Home Depot and Lowe's is still open is just go get, you know, like, like three bags of sand. They're usually what, 80 pounds a piece. You can, and then just, you know, a couple rolls of duct tape and just, you know, just do one empty i think you can even just get the sand you know those sandbags and just they're gonna break eventually but for now you could spend like 20 bucks and you know you can get about a 100 pound sandbag doing that just uh you know taping two together 100 120 pounds and i mean you can really uh, you're, you're gonna hate life doing it if you just like uh you know like do five squats walk 50 feet do another five squats and just do some circuits with a sandbag like that it's it's going to be a bad time going back to some of the origins of how you got started in the sport where you know strongman equipment wasn't available in easily in every metropolitan area you either had to travel a long distance or build your own in a situation like this, what are some of the first things you might advise a, your clients to just build if they have some tools and basic equipment at home to start putting together equipment? Yeah, actually, I just put out a little video on that on my YouTube, just quick one, just going through it. And I think it depends on if you're trying to start like a, a home gym that you want to keep forever. And I think after this, you kind of, I think a lot more people will just because you realize the world can change really quick. Uh, and I think the number one thing to buy is a yoke if you're trying to build a strongman home gym, because you can, you can get J cups and the uh, spotter arms for it. And, you know, for depending on the brand you buy for four to $600, you can get a squat rack that you can also do. Uh, you can do yoke carries. You can do yoke zerker carries where you're carrying them in your arms. You can do squats with it. You can press a yoke. Usually they're about 170 pounds empty. So as long as your overhead presses around there, you can, and you can, most of them even have like feet on them where you can push them like a sled. They're pretty versatile. Or you could, you know, if you have a rope, pull it, do backwards drags. Uh, and it's going to take up less space than doing that with a squat rack. There's some limitations as far as the squat rack. Uh, and from there, like if you just want the most versatile bang for your buck equipment, I'd say just a pair of farmer's walk. Um, and an axle is pretty easy to build or and cheap to buy. And uh, definitely a sandbag. You can get some. We sell Cerberus Strength sandbags at, on a starting strongman. And, you know, even if you don't want to make one from sand at Home Depot, if you want one that's going to last, I'd pick one of those up. Get one. If you're just going to do it for general overall training, I'd get like a 150-ish pound bag for a guy and a 100 pound for, for a lady. And if you're doing it more to compete, more like, you know, 
kind of 150, 200 with, uh, you know, men and women bags, you know, to actually to compete, but for just general fitness, 150 pound sandbag will, uh, kick your butt. What percentage of your clients have some existing home gym set up? And do you think that percentage is, is higher in the strongman community versus other strength communities like powerlifting or CrossFit? Yeah, I think it, it's pretty high. Uh, I, I think powerlifters tend to worry too much about like calibrated plates and stuff. So it might be a little less, you know, strongman equipment more looks like it all came out of a junkyard in comparison. Uh, I'd say it probably around maybe 25, 30%. The, the thing I was the most surprised by was that like so, some people, they're like so upset their gym's closing and they're like, this is all I have in my home gym. I'm like, you have a gym. Like you got, like, that's a pretty, you got like dumbbells up to 85 and a, a rack and a bar. I'm like, why do you have a gym membership? I didn't know how many of my clients had pretty good home gyms already. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely makes you thankful for the stuff for the stuff you already have. I think it it gets us in this in this mindset of like we need more in order to get stronger. Like I've definitely been in that. Like my squat is terrible, right? But no, I need all these assistance bands. I need all these different these different types of bars. When really, what I should be focusing on, right, when I have access to that, is just getting better at a barbell squat, but we think more is better. And, and maybe that comes from the days of, you know, muscle beach and Nautilus machines and just thinking that we have to have like all these different angles of muscle stimulation to get like the maximum response. You know, where do you think that mindset comes from that more is more? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot, uh, because I've always trained with just some pretty basic stuff and, I think part of it's maybe the fitness industry. I think trainers, I mean, you know, especially like we go through like the magazine days, they made everything seem so complicated. And, you know, I wasted way too much money on supplements that didn't do anything or, or didn't do much for how much you paid in my 20s. And they just, it, they just, you know, you have to have something to write about, right? Like you have to, I, I have to have something to talk about. So if you're just like, hey, just go do another pair of barbell squats and next week do some more barbell squats, it kind of gets boring after a while. We have to make things up and, you know, new, and it's kind of fun to buy toys too, right? And try different things. It's like what I talked about earlier, just, it's not so much about, I think part of the thing about, you know, writing people's programs and stuff, it, it's not just about make, having them make progress. It's about keeping it a little entertaining for them, you know, or they'd figure it out. So I, I think it's partially the, the media and just, uh, it's our human nature. Like, like, you know, I'll go look, I'll buy like a truck and I'll, you know, like an old truck that I want to restore. And then I'm, I'm still going to go on, you know, Craigslist and search for other old trucks I want to buy that I'm not going to buy. It's just how people are. Speaking of old trucks, have you advised any of your clients or would you advise against any of your clients putting their cars in neutral and doing some sort of carpool in training? Yeah, totally. I mean, there, it's really hard to, you know, do some pushes or if you have a rope, do some pulls, just uh, make sure I know you, we got to keep our social distancing, but I wouldn't just put it in neutral and just push it unless someone was steering and could apply the brakes. Yeah. So, so let that be a fact. If you want to use your car as weight, be careful and don't run over yourself. <laughs> Uh, Kale, what advice would you give to people who might feel a little mentally checked out during this era of social distancing and, and social isolation and are looking for a little bit of inspiration as far as 
keeping up with their fitness and their training? I think it's just always best to focus on what you have, you know, um, just make a list. That's what I've been telling my clients. Like just think of it, any random, you know, piece of equipment or stuff, you know, things that you regret you bought online five years ago and just make a list. And from there you can kind of, you, you can then make a list of exercises to do with it and just write it, write down your programming like you're going to do. And just follow it and uh, use it as an opportunity to work on other aspects of your fitness and training that you generally neglect because you're too beat up from doing barbell or heavy work. Uh, you know, you can do some agility drills, some, you know, ladder drills. You can do a little bit more cardio if, uh, you know, you have the space where you're still away from people. Uh, you know, sprints, There's you know, uh, download something like Ramwad or do some YouTube yoga and uh, just focus on all on all those kind of things that you you can do. That's the that's all we really can do because th- this is a situation we're in, and it's it's changing by the day. And you know, I, I'm not going to talk too much on my own thoughts on it because that's not the point of this podcast. But you know, I, I think it's a good time to kind of you know think about we all work a ton and people are forced to stay home with each other. And you sh- we should make the if you are in that situation with your family you know, and kids or whatever to, you know, kind of reconnect and have more dinners together and talk or play board games or all this stuff that, you know, I think when you look back on it, there's going to be a lot of memories that uh, people um, are fond of. It it might be stressful in the time, but um, you know, it makes it times like this make me super fortunate for what I have. And that's just, you know, being at home with my family for the most part. Awesome. Kale, where's the best place for people to keep up to date with the work you're doing? Yeah, startingstrongman.com, um, at startingstrongman across social media. My YouTube is uh, Kale Beck, if you look it up, or if you search Starting Strongman on YouTube, it should uh, send you to there as well. And if you want to follow my personal accounts to see you know, more ponies and trucks and uh, you know baby pictures, I guess he's not quite a baby anymore. It's uh, at Let Kale Lift across social media. Awesome. Kale, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. 